Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. TCU is a new defensive coordinator, Andy Avalos, former head coach at Boise State. Joe Gillespie is out. Steven Johnson, uh, when I text him about a segment, he goes, I'm on vacation. And then not soon after that, Stephen, you text me and said, I guess I'm not. I guess maybe the news and who else was available. But you're the guy that covers them. Was this a surprise move in your opinion? The timing of it was more of a surprise than the actual move itself because they had their exit interviews, I want to say, two weeks ago. And the kind of the word around the program was that there wasn't this expectation the move would be made. And I know I think Sonny Dice um, – he considered the move for a long time. There's a plan for Joe to come back. They kind of figured around, sat around, and thought about what would it look like recruiting, what would it look like on the field. But ultimately, they went with the decision and decided to go with it with Avalos, who was actually in town last night to watch the Cowboys win over the Eagles. So uh, Gillespie being gone is not a surprise. I think the timing of it was, but obviously Sonny had somebody in mind and they were able to move very quickly. Is that So you're saying it's just because Andy Avalos was available and interested that he felt, I have to make this upgrade at this time, or at least his perceived upgrade at this time? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I thought the, the fact that Andy has such an extensive track record at, and as a head coach and as a coordinator, and like, like you said, it's the fact that he had interest, and I think even from a financial standpoint, uh, because of the buyout situation with Boise mm. State, it opened up the door even more for TCU. So it was kind of like the right candidate appears at the right time with the right circumstances that Sonny Dice thought he had to make this move. Steven, looking at the TCU defense, I mean, that's a you know a place where they've hung their hat for a long time. Two years ago, very good in that national title run, um, but obviously lost a lot of talent. Uh, besides the talent, or was it just the talent that, that – caused such a big drop back last year. How did you kind of break that down from your vantage point? Well, I think watching this year, it kind of put the first year in perspective. Honestly, even though they made it to the national championship game, it was probably a stretch to say TCU had a good defense last year. But what happened was they had playmakers like Trey Hodges Thompson, B. Winters, and Dylan Horton. They had these really dynamic guys that could make those game-changing plays. It's one of the reasons Trey won. Uh, the Thorpe Award last year, and D. Winters and Dylan, Hort- Dylan Horton ended up being drafted. So I don't know if they necessarily had those difference makers this year. And when you don't have those guys, a lot of those weaknesses got a little bit more exposed. And now as opposed to last year where you had games, like you had those games against Oklahoma and Texas where you really dominated a quality opponent, T.C. was fine against some of the middle middle of the pack teams like in Houston and West Virginia. But when you play Colorado, you play Oklahoma, and you have those type of performances, I think it's just hard to overlook, and that was kind of the big reason he had to be let go. Uh, obviously, against Baylor, they, they were able to look really good on offense, but most people were. Uh, are Sonny Dykes, Kendall Bryles on the same page with what they want the offense to be going forward? 
I think so. When the last time we talked to Sonny after the Oklahoma game, he seemed really encouraged by the direction of the offense. The red zone offense has gotten a lot better. They were, I guess, a little bit better in kind of turn, cutting down the turnovers. So I think right now Sonny's pleased with the direction. They were one that they had um, in terms of tempo. They ran some of the most plays in the country. And they did have some moments at the end of the year. I think the biggest question mark probably is just why did it take Browse's offense so long in those games against Texas and Oklahoma to come to life? But at the same time, the numbers are there. The production was there. I want to say they were top 20 in total offense. Scoring offense was top 50. So for the first year, I think he had a solid first year. And he pleased Sonny Dice. And I think he's encouraged about the direction of the offense for next year. Their portal guys didn't really hit the way that they wanted them to. Uh, is part of that to be expected? Because a lot of these guys were, were redshirt freshmen and coming in, and this is about long-term depth and fit as opposed to maybe some short-term splashes. And how do they address that to help have an uptick this year? Well, I think they probably just thought they were going to get a little bit more production from some of the guys they brought over from the SEC that, you know, obviously were bigger roles. They would be able to showcase their talent. But for the most part, the trio they got from Alabama, Trey Sanders, JoJo Earl, and Tommy Brockmeyer, didn't, weren't really able to have much of an impact this season. Sanders was an okay red zone running back. Uh, Jack Besh was injured, the uh, LSU receiver. Abraham was a corner they got from Florida who was okay at times, but he was injured and missed the final couple games. So I think this year and what they've been doing so far is they maybe going down a little bit of a level and trying to find experienced group of five starters Caden Bennett was a guy that got today from San Diego State. He's a two-time all-conference type, all-conference left guard. And our pro football focus has him graded as one of the best pass-blocking guards in the country. So they're going down, I think, so far and trying to identify identify guys that have a little bit more production, even if it's not at a Alabama or a LSU. So, so far, they have a top-10 transfer class. And I think the biggest thing now, you're seeing guys come in with a little bit more production than we saw from last year's transfer class. There was a step back expected, Stephen, but how stunning was it in the end to not make even a bowl game? Oh, it was very stunning. I was, you know, I was on the record. I probably said it on the show at one point when we were previewing. I, I thought they had a chance to win 10 games this year. The, the beginning of the schedule was very favorable. They brought back seven guys on defense, and I thought with Kendall and, Kendall's and Sonny's track record, the offense would be fine. But obviously it didn't go that way. And I think they're going to be kicking themselves because they had so many one-score losses. And the, and the two games I think really decided the season was Colorado and West Virginia. You know, you had those multiple turnovers in the intercept, I mean, in the end zone by Chandler Morris in the season opener. You missed three or four field goals against West Virginia. And now you're looking, if if, if you just, if you come out better in those games, you're sitting at 7-5, you're going to a bowl game. But that's how small the margins were. And honestly, that was how small their mar- margins were last year as well when they were, I believe, 7-1 and one in one-score games. They just didn't have that same look. So, you know, maybe the odds will be in their favor again next year and you'll see them perform better in those one-score games. Well, we've brought this up. What they went through is what Baylor in 21 won close games. In 22, they lost most of the close games. And they ended up 6-7. and seven. They made a bowl game, but they didn't show up for it against Air Force. Who is the uh, – of all the players leaving, and a lot of them will come back, but of all the players leaving, which two or three, Stephen, will they miss the most? Hmm. So far, they haven't really lost any starters or anything like that. I think Randon Fontenet will probably be the guy. I think maybe. Uh, he was a guy that, uh, young freshman, four-star safety, one of the highest-rated recruits in the class. 
And he showed flashes. He was good, man. He, he got more reps as the season went on. But he hit the transfer portal. There was some behind-the-scenes stuff, you know, trying to get guarantees of playing time and things of that nature that have ultimately kind of led to the two going their separate ways. And he committed to Vanderbilt, so he's in the SEC. But I would say TC is probably a better landing spot than Vanderbilt. But I think – I guess he got his uh, – he'll probably be a starter in the SEC. Uh, and they also lost Jonathan back. He was a guy who was really high on the linebacker. He was an edge rusher out of New Orleans. They moved into more of a traditional backer. Didn't get much playing time this freshman year, despite, you know, really having a great spring, great, great fall camp. So he's a guy in the portal. He's gotten some high-level group of five offers. Haven't seen much power five interest yet, but those would probably be the two guys. They haven't lost any significant contributors so far. So why weren't you still on vacation? Well, look, with the news, man, <laughs> with the news, like I said, I, I thought I thought when I timed my vacation, since I didn't make the move after the exit interview, you know, after the season concluded, mm-hmm. I figured, you know, hey, maybe he's just not going to pull the trigger. And obviously it happens right over the weekend. So I just wanted to come in. And I had to get my perspective, confirm the reports for us, for us. And honestly, I just wanted to kind of dig in on Andy and what to expect. And I'm, I'm really interested, you know. You guys might be a little too – I don't know if you guys play Madden or not, but if you ever been on Madden and you created your own defensive playbook and you just added every single formation, that's kind of the vibe I've gotten from Andy, who has a really a rich background of using these multiple defensive, defensive fronts to kind of generate all this quarterback pressure. So I just wanted to dig in, and I just had to do my part. I'm going back on vacation once this is over, though. Well, but at least let they, it go, Paul. No, but at <laughs> least they hired one right away, yeah. and it wasn't you having to wait a week or two for this news to drop again. Yeah, absolutely. So it all worked out in the end. So I'll just keep that. I'll just get that day back next week. It's all good. Stephen, thank you for jumping in uh, and getting off the a vacation to cover the story and also give us your perspective. Really good stuff, Stephen Johnson from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram with us. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.